Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, WTIC-FM and WTIC.com. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by Mike Abramson. He is the new general manager of the Hartford Yard Goats. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Let's start by recapping your first season at Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford. Did it exceed your expectations? I, it did. I think it exceeded everybody's expectations. You know, we um, those of us who were involved in this thing from the very start never had a doubt that it was going to be a success and a great success at that. Um, selling out 41 games, getting the national attention that we got, um, and I think just the fan appreciation and the local pride, that certainly exceeded our expectations. Um, I never would have guessed at that many sellouts. I never would have guessed at the repeat business. Um, it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, it was a lot of work, um, but it was uh, incredibly satisfactory after the long road we took to get there. The park itself has won a lot of praise. Certainly, there were a lot of bumps in the road getting it open, getting it built, but it, it seems that everyone who goes says it's it's a great facility. It really is gorgeous. I mean, that that is a credit first and foremost to uh, Pendulum Architects and Jonathan Cole, who designed the ballpark. Um, it it's fun to be part of something like that so early on because I, I walk around the ballpark now and I see some things like our, our center field uh, Budweiser Sky Bar. And I remember talking about that and talking about, well, what if we have a bar out in center field that's looking over the whole thing? Or um, seeing all the kids playing out in the fun zone and imagining what that fun zone would look like. And if you could see the inflatables rising above the wall in the outfield. Um, so it, it, it really is pretty tremendous. It was very well designed. It's beautiful. It's thoughtful. Um, it is a park that has a lot of wow factor. You know, I think the reason that people are so impressed by it the first time they see it is because it really does look like a major league park. You know, you're not used to seeing upper and lower decks of uh, seating in the outfield. You know, you think about a minor league park. You think about signs in the outfield, at the very least, maybe a grass berm where families can sit. But you're not used to seeing upper, lower decks of seats. You're not used to seeing a, a giant bar overlooking center field. Um, you're certainly not used to seeing the city skyline over right field. You know, it's just very impressive when somebody walks into the park. You don't get the the full impression of it when you're driving by it. I think part of that is be, because the field is below grade. So when you drive by on the street, like, wow, that's a pretty cool-looking ballpark. It's big. When you walk into it, you see that beautiful green grass, which is always impressive to anybody who has an awful lawn. Um, and you see, you know, the the city skyline. You see the upper and lower decks of seats and just all of the fun, vibrant colors. It's hard not to be super impressed by that. Um, and what we did was we said, well, we know they're going to be impressed. What we have to do is we have to make sure they have a luxurious and wonderful time when they're there because those two things combined will bring people back. 
judging by the numbers, they are having a good time. You had 41 sellout home games last season, and most of those are toward the end of the season, so that must bode well going into 2018. Yeah, that's correct. We so we sold out the 41 and we sold out our final 21 games in a row. If we had sold out our first 21 games in a row, I would have been surprised and I would have attributed that to curiosity. Um, and the long wait that it took to open the ballpark. Uh, the fact that we sold out the last 21 in a row spoke to repeat business. You know, I spent all of my time walking around the ballpark talking to people, and the first question I always asked anybody I saw was, is it your first time here? And toward the end of the season, it almost never was. It was people who had already been at least once, and I can't tell you how many folks I talked to who said, oh, it's my fourth time, it's my fifth time, I love coming here. Um, and for me, the thing I was most proud of is I saw families with young kids who had been out multiple times. You know, I have young kids. It's not easy to go anywhere ever. You know, and the fact that these folks would come out to our ballpark with their young kids multiple times meant that it seemed pretty easy. It seemed pretty affordable and that everybody enjoyed the experience. And when they left, they're like, we have to go back and do that again. One thing going into downtown Hartford, you always worry about parking, but it's really not that bad near the ballpark, is it? It's really not. I mean, it's pretty easy. And I'll tell you, the folks with whom I spoke that had come to games out in New Britain found it to be surprisingly easy. Uh, The folks who had never been out to a game in New Britain but were just concerned about parking in a city found it surprisingly easy. Um, I've lived in cities before, so if somebody invites me into a city, I'll drive and I'll park somewhere and I'll walk there. It's, it's not doesn't seem daunting to me, but to some people it is. You know, not a lot of people go into cities and have to deal with city parking or finding garages. Um, we knew from early on in the process that parking, safety, affordability, those were the three greatest concerns that anybody have. And I would say parking was probably number one. Um, because there is a sense that when you are accustomed to driving to a ballpark, parking in a big lot surrounding it, and walking in, that that's much easier than something you're going to encounter in a city ballpark. Um, So what we did was we went to, I think, tremendous lengths to educate folks on where the parking lots were, what exits they would take, how they would walk to the ballpark, populating those parking lots, populating the trail from the ballpark, uh, from the parking lot to the ballpark, so that when people got off the highway in under a minute, got out of their car in under a minute and walked to the ballpark in under five minutes, it occurred to them that it actually took less time than it took pulling into a big parking lot via one lane and parking next to the ballpark to get in. Now, we've talked about the facility, but, but talk some about your star players from last year and who will be back this year. Sure. That, that's a pretty tricky question. Um, so uh, it's probably best to start with how the process works. So every major league club has a whole bunch of guys under contract that play for them. They all go to spring training together. And then throughout the course of spring training, the general manager, the director of player development, all of those folks decide who's going to be on the parent club, who's going to be at AAA, who's going to be at AA, and who's going to populate the three single-A teams. Um, They don't figure most of that stuff out with any finality until the very end of spring training at the end of March. So we don't actually know who's going to be on our team until the beginning of April, a couple of days before they come into town. Um, which is why in minor league baseball, one of the things that you often see 
in marketing is promoting the ballpark, promoting the affordability. You rarely promote your players in your marketing because the day you do, they're going to get promoted, they're going to get injured, something's going to happen. Um, but that being said, um, you you have an idea based on where they are in their development cycle. So probably the biggest name we had last year was a young guy named Brendan Rogers. He's the top prospect in the Rockies organization. He's one of the top prospects in all of minor league baseball. He joined us about midway through the year from single A, um, really lit it up, put up tremendous numbers. He was a fan favorite. Uh, a couple of his first few games, he won it in walk-off fashion by driving in the game-winning run. Everybody dumped Gatorade on his head. Uh, he was king for a day. Um, I think there is a very good chance he'll be back just based on the fact that you often see top prospects spend about a year's worth of time in A. Um, but again, that's out of our control, and we won't actually know until April. What has been the feedback from the Rockies organization about your first year and the success at Dunkin' Donuts Park? It's been really tremendous. You know, the the Rockies uh, came uh, to us and we partnered up with them a few years ago when we were going through the process of trying to get this new ballpark approved and built. Um, they believed from day one that it was uh, likely that we would get it done and that it would be a great benefit to all once it was done. Tremendously easy to work with. Uh, and coincidentally, a couple of nights ago, we had our hot stove dinner, which benefits our uh, Yard Goats Charitable Foundation. Um, and we had the general manager of the Colorado Rockies, Jeff Breidich, in town to speak at that event. We had the director of player development, uh, Zach Wilson, in town to speak at the event. And we had a couple of players as well. Uh, Drew Weeks, who was an all-star with us last year, um, and Craig Schlitter, who's actually from Guilford, Connecticut. So Connecticut's own Craig Schlitter. Um, but the Jeff Breidich, the GM, talked about that on the stage, about the fact that the ballpark was everything and more that they hoped it could be. Um, that the relationship is just rock solid, uh, to which we agree 100%. Uh, and we actually announced back in December um, at the baseball winter meetings that we've re-upped with them. So we're going to be partnered for the next several years with those folks. 70 games at home this season. You were hoping to sell out all of them. That's your goal. What will be new at the park this year to attract even more people? Sure. Well, that, you know, selling out every game should always be everybody's goal. You know, I had the pleasure of watching 41 games sell out this year, which I've, I've never been uh, involved with anything like that, nor is most anybody. Um, so 70 games is a stretch, but, you know, you look at it as an ideal goal. Um, I don't want you to call me up when the season ends and say, hey, how did the 70 sellout thing work out for you? Um, but, you know, this year, the... It's going to look a lot like last year for fans coming to the park. You know, we had the benefit of having so many people out at the park. Um, but as I always say, we only got about 10% of the population to come out. We still have 90% of people who didn't come out. Um, so it's going to look very much the same. You know, we're going to play baseball. We're going to have on-field between innings promotions. We're going to have great food. We're going to have uh, beverages available pretty much as far as you can reach your right or left arm. Um, but we're going to up the ante a little bit on some of our promotions. Um, we're going to be uh, announcing that on February 7th. I can't divulge right now, but we're going to have some new uh, national entertainment acts come in. We're going to be doing some new fun on-field stuff. Lots of goats. I will tell you, we're going to have live goats at every game instead of select games uh, out in the Travelers Fun Zone. Um, but most importantly, you know, for us, the changes that are going to be made next year really are operational. 
Um, we got into that ballpark about five days before we played our first game, um, which still shocks me. And it's still, a, I can't even believe it was less than a year ago. It feels like 10 years ago. Um, but we learned that it is, is a big ballpark. It's very busy. It requires a lot of people, a lot of time and attention. So we've done a lot of hiring. We've added a lot of new front office members uh, over the past uh, 10 months. And we're going to be hiring a lot more game day staff as well. So you'll see a lot more people working at the ballpark. Um, and I would like to think that for folks coming in, they, they won't necessarily recognize it as soon as they walk in. But it is going to be that much more easy to do whatever you want to do and that much more comfortable. You're listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Mike Abramson, the general manager of the Hartford Yard Goats, formerly the assistant GM. So congratulations on the promotion. Thank you. Tell us about season ticket sales. They're underway and individual game tickets go on sale February 9th. Is there an early read on how it's going for season tickets? Sure. Well, the the early read is tremendous. Um, when we put our season tickets on sale last year, all of our season ticket um, sales are multi-year agreements. So the folks who committed to those tickets last year have already committed to this year and beyond. Um, so the benefit to us is we're only selling new season tickets. We don't have to worry about um, talking to folks who were out last year and getting them to re-up. I would like to think that would have been an easy conversation anyway. Um, so season ticket sales are going phenomenally well. Um, the early read on uh, the individual tickets, which go on sale uh, February 9th, is tremendous. Uh, it was just uh, yesterday that we announced that date. Everybody's been asking, when do the tickets go on sale? So it's going to be February 9th, and that's at 10 a.m. at the ballpark, and then at 12 p.m. over the phone, online, globally. Um, so we do want to give a couple of hours in case anybody wants to come down and form a line or pitch a tent and spend the night waiting for your tickets. Um, but the the amount of attention that we got yesterday just announcing that date was overwhelming. So um, our expectation is that opening day is probably going to sell out within a couple of minutes of tickets going on sale. And based on where some of the advanced numbers are now with season tickets, with groups, with schools, I think we'll probably be looking at about five other sellouts uh, by the end of that day. When you talk about sold out games so early in advance, the last minute person who hears there's a game and wants to come downtown and, and see some baseball, is there still a chance when they show up at the box office that they're going to be able to get in? There is, though, um, you know, a, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, based on my past experience, I would have told anybody, you can talk your way into the ballpark, you know, um, but those lad, that last month, it was tight. It was really tough to get people in there, and we did have to turn folks away because we were just completely sold out. Um, it makes a lot more sense to buy your tickets in advance, and if for some reason something comes up and you can't make that game, I promise you you're not going to have any trouble getting rid of them with a friend or a family member. Everybody's going to want them. Um, but it's important to get them in advance. I I, I think we're going to be super tight again this year. I, I think... Assuming that we have decent weather this year, everything points to a greater success in year two than in year one in terms of the number of folks coming out to the ballpark. There's already a, a 10% tax that is applied to the sale of tickets that the state is now collecting. That money went to the city before. Now the mayor of Hartford has proposed a new 5% tax that would go to the city, and that is something the Yard Goats are not in favor of. 
Sure. Uh, that, you know, that's a pay grade above mine. So I haven't paid a lot of attention to that. You know, fortunately, we have a great president, Tim Restall, uh, and our owner, Josh Solomon. They have the relationship with the city and, and they worry about those things and they discuss those things uh, with our partners in the city. So I, I don't have much of an opinion on it. But essentially, the the team's contention is that this violates the lease, the ballpark. That's what I've read. Speaking of the ballpark, it seems there is a concerted effort to do more than just baseball there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we were uh, going around and, and pitching the ballpark and talking about the benefits of it, we always talked about this being a 365 venue. You know, it, it, it's kind of a shame to think about playing baseball 70 days a year and letting a venue sit quiet for 280 days. So um, there are two separate areas of that in which we focus. There's sort of the fun public area, and then there's actually the private corporate area. So um, starting on the fun side, we've done a couple of things. We've dipped our toes in the water. You know, we had our first brew fest back in the fall, which we sold out, and it was a great time. A lot of people came out and drank beer out of little cups and had a good time at the ballpark, listened to live music. Uh, we are fortunate to have almost 50 local breweries there sampling. Uh, we had our first goat yoga last weekend, which sold out in minutes. The second date sold out in minutes, and we actually just put a third uh, date on sale uh, yesterday, which sold out in minutes. So um, in case you're looking for a side business, goat yoga is pretty hot right now. So so how does that work, essentially? Are there, there are goats roaming around as people are, are doing yoga? Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Um, I, I have no idea what the genesis of that was, but somebody was doing yoga at a farm one day and realized that if uh, you, know, you do a downward dog, a goat will get on your back. Um, and, and really make you feel pretty peaceful. Um, but it's a really interesting thing. It's really kind of exploding nationally right now. And we've gotten a lot of attention for doing it, I think, because we're the yard goats and it makes a lot of sense. Um, and people have just come to expect zany things from us. They expect us to be leaders in the field of wackiness. Um, so it, it's really pretty interesting. I mean, there's a lot of cuddling with the goats that happens. You know, I don't think if you're looking to go out and do an hour of power yoga and get the most physical benefit, you're looking for goat yoga. I think you're looking for goat yoga. If you want to hug a goat, do a couple of poses, hug a goat. <laughs> In addition to goat yoga, what else is, is on uh, tap? We've got some college games coming up at the ballpark this year. Uh, you know, we had UConn out last year and they'll be back this year. University of Hartford will play some baseball there as well. In addition to that, you know, the, the items on our wish list that we're working on, we'd like to have some live music. We'd like to have some concerts. Um, we would like to do some other sporting events outside of baseball. Uh, we'd love to see a boxing match out on the field, a wrestling match out on the field. Um, and those are things that our president, Tim Restall, is working on. That's what he's really looking at specifically right now. When we were in, at first envisioning the ballpark, we put a lot of time and energy into thinking about the additional events. And then when we were waylaid for a year and we weren't playing baseball and the future of the ballpark was up in the air, at least for the time being, all of our attention went on to opening that uh, place up to play baseball, and that's what we did. So now it's time to turn some of the attention back to the non-game events. But aside from the fun side, we actually have a lot of businesses renting out the ballpark almost every day. Um, we have folks renting out the entire ballpark, playing softball on the field, doing sort of corporate off-site off picnic events. And we have a YG club presented by Frontier, which is a big sort of banquet space. And we have folks doing dinners, lunches, breakfast, job fairs, off-site meetings. 
Uh, and then we have a huge, beautiful boardroom uh, that folks are renting as well. So there's some kind of activity in there every day. We just like to see a little bit more of the fun activity as well. Talk a little more about the YG Club and what's happening there during a game. Sure. Well, the YG Club, um, which is presented by Frontier Communications, um, is a big, beautiful bar lounge-like space. Huge bar, comfortable couches, comfortable chairs, TVs all over the place. And the entire front of it is glass window, which overlooks the field. Um, And that is a benefit space for folks who own a luxury suite, who are renting a luxury suite, who have premium season tickets. Um, It's not an area for which you can purchase a ticket. It's somewhere to go. It's very networky, very businessy. And you see a lot of the same faces in there night after night. It's a great place to be able to go when it's hot out because there's air conditioning. And when it's a little chilly in April, you can go in there and warm up. Um, But it's just a beautiful space. There's a pool table in there. Um, And that is the space that we actually use for all of these off-season events as well. And it's really cool because it's super flexible. So it's generally set up kind of like a bar, but we also flip it, take all the furniture out. We do 10 top tables with china and linens and that sort of thing. Now, the naming of the team. There were some skeptics back when Yard Goats was announced as the new name for the team when it moved from New Britain. But it seems you're really playing off the the zaniness of it, and it's been embraced. It really has. You know, we were very fortunate to um, work with a consultant named Chuck Domino. He's a guy who's been around baseball for about 35 years. He's been the manager, the president of several successful teams. And more recently, he's been a part of rebranding teams. This is a national trend, seeing a minor league uh, baseball teams change their name to something that's kind of eye-popping. Um, so when we were going through our process, we did, um, you know, it brought the public into it. We did a name the team contest. We got a lot of suggestions, a lot of Hartford Whalers suggestions. Um, but when we narrowed the list down to 10 and then down to five, people were a little bit up in arms because they just weren't used to seeing those types of names. People are thinking the Capitals, the Senators, something a little more traditional with the perceived rich history. Um, but we knew it was going to be something a little bit wackier. You know, the fact of the matter is, if you have an inside sales team and they're calling folks to buy season tickets, if they're buying schools to buy tickets uh, to bring kids out to a game, you remember a name like the Yard Goats. You know, you, you might you might kind of forget a name like the Capitals or the Senators. But when we narrowed the list down to five, uh, we had a different name in mind, actually. And what happened was every time there was a news report that was like, these guys are terrible. These names are awful. It's the worst name in the history of history. Just look at the Yard Goats as an example. Everybody always said, look at the Yard Goats as an example. After a couple of days, we were like, geez, they keep saying Yard Goats. Everybody remembers Yard Goats. And there it was. So um, it really has worked out well. What we always told folks who were nervous about it is that after a year, it's just going to be a couple of words that makes up a name. Nobody needs to worry about it. The, you know, the, the, weirdness factor is over and it's just the name of the team you know look at the red Sox. if you were going to start a team and you're like we're going to call this team the red Sox," that might seem strange but it's just the name of a baseball team people have embraced i mean we sold more merchandise than any team in in minor league baseball in for a year in which we did not play home baseball game so i think we've come full circle 
So in our last minute, tell us about preps for opening day. When is that happening? And uh, you expect tickets to uh, sell out quickly for that. Sure. Well, yeah, our tickets go on sale February 9th. I do believe that opening day will be sold out in a matter of minutes at that point. Um, the next couple of months, it's really downhill. You know, February 7th, we're going to announce our promotional schedule, all the fun things we're doing this year. Uh, February 9th, tickets go on sale. Once we get into March, um, we're going to be doing our national anthem auditions. We're going to be auditioning for a new on-field host, um, a, sort of an in-park sideline reporter. Um, we're going to be having auditions for our GOAT squad, which will be our promotions team that goes around the park and does all of the promotions, but also goes out as a street team. Uh, we're going to be having a fan fest uh, later on in March, March 17th, where the public can come out to the park, have some fun kids activities, some snacks, and get ready for baseball. And then it all happens on uh, April 5th, which is a Thursday. He is Mike Abramson, the general manager of the Hartford Yard Goats. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.